Chapter 26. Bronzy to the rescue. A loud whoomp sounded behind us as the wet sand landed directly on the bostlings. They collapsed in a cacophony of grinding metals and shrieks as they struggled to extricate themselves. Nice, Gumbaby said, peeking over my hood. Gumbaby taught you some good strategy. Whatever, I said, gasping as we sprinted for the waterfall exit. Just get ready. Get ready for what? Gumbaby's staying right in here. The seam and the waterfall opened and we dashed out into the plaza. I headed for the path at the opposite end. Rumbling sounded from the palace behind us and the stone and water exploded outward as the stampede of bosslings burst into the sunlight. They quickly gained on us. We weren't going to make it. Desperate times call for desperate measures. I reached behind me. Sorry, I said in advance. What? What are you? Hey, unhand gum, baby. This ain't no party. Hey! I grabbed her out of my hood, aimed at the giant bronze woman in the courtyard, then threw the best spiral I'd ever tossed in my life. Like, fifty yards, easy. I should have played football, and I hate football. Gumbaby soared through the air, shouting insults as she flew. You gonna regret this day, Bumbletongue. Gumbaby gonna kick your... Splat. She landed just below the statue's knee and stuck there. Her little arms and legs flailed helplessly, but I couldn't watch her anymore. Tristan, look out, Ayana called. I skidded to a stop as a bostling lunged in front of us. Ayana moved next to me. She held a quivering chestnut in one hand and her glowing staff in the other. Iron monsters stalked around us, snapping their collars and screeching. What now? Ayana asked, but I didn't answer. Tristan, she said again, almost pleading. You have a plan, right? Just wait, I said. Chestnut peeked up at me, and I couldn't meet her eyes. If I was wrong... All six bosslings screeched at once, and one of them lunged forward, reaching for my throat. A bronze foot the size of a compact car smashed it to pieces. Chestnut screamed, and Ayana brandished her staff, but I raised my hand. Wait, but look, I said, pointing. The ground trembled as the giant bronze woman stepped down off her pedestal and twisted her foot, grinding the bossling into dust. The remaining iron monsters screeched at this new enemy, and they thundered past us to attack her. Gumbaby straddled the statue's big toe like a horse and whooped with joy. Stop these fools, Bronzy! Look, that one's feeling froggy! Ah ha 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 ha! Squish that chump! Yeah! Y'all don't want none of this? Oh, where are you going? She pointed at a bossling trying to sneak around the statue's foot. It looked like a mouse creeping around an elephant, and I grinned when the statue kicked it so hard it flew into the sky and disappeared. Ah, ha, ha, ha! Did y'all see that? Gumbaby slapped her knee and howled with laughter. Bronzy chucked that thing into the stratosphere. You mean stratosphere, I said, rolling my eyes. Yo, why are you always correcting something? You Professor Bumbletongue or something? Ayana kept a firm eye on the remaining bosslings. Can you two put off the bickering until after we're safe? The statue leaped high in the air, so high the sun framed her and gave her glaring angel wings. Smash! 
when I opened my eyes, four oversized fetterlings were writhing beneath both of her heels like roaches beneath smushed on, being smushed on a kitchen floor. She twisted her heels again, then took two ground-shaking steps back. I looked around. That was the last of them. Well, I think we're good now. Gumbaby peeked over the big toe and sucked her teeth at the sight of the defeated iron monsters. Y'all should have been raised better, she said to their remains. Ain't got no home training. Kumi! Naomi's voice boomed out of the palace, and we all flinched. His voice wasn't only in my head anymore. Bring the usurpers to me, usurpers to me. The bronze giant reached behind her back, pulled out a giant spear with a broad-leaved blade the size of a windshield and leveled it at us. Ayana stared at me and I cleared my throat. I had thought we were safe. Gumbaby crossed her legs and shook her head. Y'all in trouble now. You've come for the story box. It wasn't a question. The four of us stood in front of the throne where Nayami slouched to one side. It seemed the effect of the brandfly's poison still lingered in the sky god's system, yet his eyes were alert. He gathered us all in his gaze, the gold flecks in his eyes glinting in the setting sun. Leopard and Python were curled on either side of him, staring at us with distrust. Yes, I said, with the hope Anansi will aid you. I nodded. And you think I should help you? Why? For your efforts just now? You have my thanks, but my support? He shook his head. Midpass is dying, Lord Nayami, Ayana said. She still held Chestnut in both arms. The iron monsters are tearing our families apart. The monsters tore my country apart, Nayami accused. Yes, but... They attacked my people. The monsters chased them and captured them and stripped them from their homes and lives and families. Mr. Nayami? Chestnut squeaked, but the sky god's words rolled right over her. The monsters took them off to die. His eyes flashed as he gripped the arms of his throne, daring us to speak. Ayana bit her lip. Chestnut buried her head in the crook of Ayana's elbow. Gumbaby hurled little balls of sap at Leopard's tail as it swished in agitation. This was getting us nowhere. I ground my teeth, ignoring Nan Nana's warning that I'd wear them down to the gums eventually. I knew what had to be done. I didn't want to do it, not at all, but I had no reason to keep my secret anymore. When I revealed it, each word felt like a hot iron hook being ripped from my flesh. They're not dead. Leopard's tail went still. A ball of sap landed right on the tip. Got him! Ayana turned and stared at me, and I did my best not to meet her eyes. They burned a hole in the side of my face, and I didn't want to deal with that problem just yet. Not dead? She hissed. Not dead? Chestnut asked, her ears flicking up in hope. Not dead? Nayami whispered. I sighed. Out with it all, Tristan. I saw them. Before we left Midpass, I saw them in a dream or a vision. They were alive inside something. Now I did look at Ayana, and I flinched at the anger and the betrayal in her eyes. Her nostrils flared, and she shook her head. You knew? This whole time you knew? I winced. I'm sorry. I... No, you should have told me. You should have told us. 
I wasn't sure it was real and I didn't want to get your hopes up and I broke off because no excuse was going to cut it. I had no right to decide what they were or weren't capable of handling. Adults were always doing that to me and I hated it. I'm sorry. You're right. I should have told you. I should have told you all. Ayana shook her head and looked away as, as I notified the sky god about the visions I'd been having, the haint with the white flowers, the captured Alkians and midfolk in the walls. Nayami drummed his fingers on the arm of the chair. You saw them in a dream? And I'm supposed to believe this? I started to protest but stopped, surprised, when Ayana beat me to it. I believe him, Lord Nayami. He wouldn't lie, not about this, she glared at me. If he says he saw it, then it's true. You have my word as a pilot. Hmm, <laughs> the word of a pilot. His fingers beat at a faster pace, and some of the sand began bouncing on the floor. And my story box will aid you in the fight against the ghosts and the mafia. It will free my people? Yes, at least we think so, she answered. If we have it, Anansi might come out of hiding and accept it as payment since you know... He wanted it badly enough before, I finished. As in your story, Anansasem. Nayami watched me carefully. But what do you mean by payment? Payment for what? I straightened. We need the weaver to close the tear in the sky. If he does, it will cut off the iron monster's power. Then we might stand a chance in defeating the Mafa once and for all. My words spilled out of my mouth at a breathless pace, and we all clenched our fists and waited for the sky god's verdict. Nayami looked at Leopard, then at Python, before rubbing his forehead where the bran flies had been fastened. Nayami's hand stopped, and then he waved toward the circle on the floor. The weaver is still an alki. That, I can assure you. Where he is, I don't know, and whether he will accept your bribe is another question. But go ahead, Anansasem. Fulfill your mission. I gaped in surprise. For real? Nayami raised an eyebrow and I walked toward the trap door. I'd expected more resistance from him. I mean, we had originally intended to steal the story box, and now Nayami was just going to give it to us. What were the odds? The background rhythm of the story still beat in the throne room like a pulse. Once again, I willed the sand to come to life above the circular door, and I barely had to pull the figure of Anansi into existence before the grooves in the floor blazed to life. The sound of stone grinding on stone echoed through the space and the panel slid open. My friends and I gasped simultaneously. A polished pedestal made of gold-tipped wood rose from beneath the floor. Detailed carvings decorated every inch. Moradinkra, some I recognized, but many that I didn't. The panel closed under it, and the pedestal settled gently on top. Our gasps turned into groans. Nayami waved his hands, and a bitter smile crossed his face. Tell me, did none of you think your plan too obvious? I squeezed my hands into fists so tight I may have drawn blood. Ayana bit her lip again. Chestnut buried her head in her paws and shivered, and Gumbaby's jaw dropped. You are not the first usurpers, nor the second. I am sorry, little ones, but you will need a new plan. The pedestal was empty. The story box was gone.